the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Special guest today, Elliot Clough. So he is a UN, well, Northern Iowa basketball and football insider for Town Square Media, host of Cornstalks and Sports Talk, an Iowa-based sports show on AM 950 KOEL. And he's host of the official University of Northern Iowa Athletic Department Panther Point of View podcast. Elliot, thanks for joining me, man. Chris, thanks so much for having me. I didn't realize uh, how, how long that little bio I sent you was. Uh, I'm sure you're taking your, or, uh, uh, catching your breath right now. That's all good. Yeah. So <laughs> what we're going to do, obviously, I mean, Elliot knows Northern Iowa and many of the MVC better than most. So on today's pod, what we're going to do is we're going to chat a little Missouri Valley Conference tournament, kind of go a little bit in depth on that. And then we're going to touch on some of the, you know, two bid mid-major potentials and just maybe four or five of the other major, major mid-major conferences, West Coast Conference, OVC, Sunbelt, stuff like that of, uh, you know, who, who we might see emerge from there. So We'll start with the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, which tips off Thursday, Northern Iowa, you know, basically, you know, your school, your grad, um, number one seed. So, I mean, let's just talk. So they're 18 and 10. They won the regular season MVC uh, conference title. Just break down, you know, what was working well for them this year? You know, they, that, that overall record, when you look at it, just at its face value, doesn't look that great. But the thing is, you and I started four and seven this year in their non-conference play. And what they had to figure out was, one, well, you just got one of the best players in mid-major basketball back in A.J. Green. He was the conference player of the year uh, two years ago, picked to be the player of the year the last two seasons going in as well prior to his injury. And then he had double hip surgery last year, had to come back, had to figure that out. His first game, I think he went 0 of 11 from the field, scored like seven points. and They were all free throws. And then there's a bit of a stomach bug going around. Uh, Bowen Bourne, who just won sixth man of the year in the MVC, he had uh, a broken hand and then he was running so much because he couldn't shoot that he got shin splints and just a lot of things had to get figured out for UNI basketball before they started winning games. And I think those were the big things. But right now, UNI can score in such a variety of ways. There's ball movement. There's backdoor cuts. There is occasional possessions where there's a little ball watching because you know you got aj green who's an incredible iso score great at creating his own shot great at great at uh drawing fouls but i mean the other night against loyola noah carter finished with 24 bowen finished with 20 aj finished with 32 and you could fill fill Dre Bur- or trey burhow in there for one of those scoring whatever it was 24 20 points and I'd believe you like Trey, Trey scored 21 points. They were all on threes. If somebody told me that I would have believed you hundred percent say Nate Heisey scores 18 points would have believed you there. Uh, Austin five in his minimal minutes, considering the uh, COVID issues, if he scored 
10 points in his 12 minutes, I would not be shocked. This team has so many different ways they can attack you offensively. They've got the athleticism and the wherewithal uh, in terms of knowledge defensively to, to, to be one of the best in the league. Obviously, it didn't look like it in the 102 to 96 victory the other night. Um, but there's such a high level of IQ. The experience is there. They have the, the makings of a team that could make a sweet 16 run as a mid-major. Uh, A.J. Green the other night said he wants to go to the Final Four. Uh, now, that's, that's a lot for a mid-major. We have that to be seen. But um, this, this team is, is dangerous, and they could certainly make some noise come tournament time. So I know you were in the building on the weekend when they clinched the Missouri Valley Conference title. Just talk about the atmosphere. And I know you were, you know, sort of gobsmacked at how amazing it was. <laughs> I was, Chris. And I've been to a lot of different games in the McLeod Center, volleyball, women's basketball, men's basketball, and a bunch of different events. And I mean, graduation, I graduated in the McLeod Center, walked in the McLeod Center. I have never heard it like that before not once and coach ben jacobson said he's been here for a very long time probably one of the best co coaches ever to coach in the mvc might win coach of the year this year and he said there's been a handful of times where it's been that loud but he probably couldn't name more than two or three aj green austin five said it was the loudest they'd ever heard it it was electric in there standing room only completely sold out fan there was dudes and speedos and body paint and, <laughs> and those those uh like those big face poster things like kevin hart was in the crowd and 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 all that and just given the circumstances of it essentially being the regular season championship game it's against loyola who's leaving for the a10 aj green might not be coming back and now he's probably solidified himself as the best player to ever come through uni and then you're losing Trey Burhow and, and Taiwan Pickford at the end of the year. Austin Fife might be leaving. All of that culminated to it just being raucous in there. I mean, Austin Fife said that last three that Bowen hit was the loudest he'd ever heard it. And I can confirm that. It was absolutely bonkers in there. And, and it, as a ride or die, <laughs> I mean, I'm I, like, I cover you and I, but I support them too. If we're being honest, uh, it was just, so great to see these guys get what they deserve in terms of support because just great guys up and down the roster and and they really put the work in awesome so obviously northern iowa gets a first round bye so i wanted to break down we'll go through the bracket here northern iowa will face the winner of illinois state indiana state that's the eight nine battle i mean who do you like coming out of that first round to to get up to to face you and i that's a tough one i know illinois state just beat indiana state by 20 <laughs> to finish the regular season. But at the same time, UNI has played both of these teams. Three out of the four of the games were close. And Illinois State has the ability to fill it up with likes of Antonio Reeves, obviously. But Indiana State, I think they just had an awful game the other night. Like, it just, you know, you chalk it up as, as a loss. You couldn't make shots. Defense wasn't there. But Indiana State's dangerous. I mean, they, they got guys all over the roster that can hit shots. I like Cooper Nice a lot. He's a, he's a good scorer. Uh, Xavier Bledson's probably one of the more underrated players in the league. Comes off the bench for, for the Sycamores. Um, I am probably going to go with Indiana State. Uh, and I, I love what Josh Schertz has done with the program, too. I'm a big fan of Josh Schertz. Um, I mean, you've been on those MVC calls. I love talking with, with, with Josh. He's, I think he's done a really good job with the program in a short time. 
um, even with all the sickness and injuries they've experienced this season. And I think I, I, the, the situation with Dan Moeller leaving and Brian Jones taking over, I just, it's just tough for me to reconcile them, you know, traveling to a tournament with that and then being young kids, you know, it's just hard to, to overcome sort of the situation that they're in. So I'm going to go with Indiana State in that one to, to face UNI on Friday. Yeah, so for those unfamiliar, in, uh, Illinois State's head coach, Dan Muller, fired last week. And so assistant, uh, t- was it uh, Brian Jones, was it? Yep, Brian used to Jones. play at UNI. Oh, there we go, yeah. So he's he's taking over <laughs> for the remainder of the season. But, you know, Elliot and, I, Elliot and I were on the MVC coach's call last week, the morning after Dan Muller's fired. And there he is on the MVC coach's call. Like, And it was like, it was, you know, it was awkward. Yeah. I felt for him. Um, so I guess, you know, for those unfamiliar, the players had a meeting and I guess the AD had said, well, if they want you to stay, you can stay. And they allowed him, they were going to allow him to finish out the season. So he does this MVC coaches call with us and it was awkward. And then an hour later, <laughs> we see a tweet come out. No, he's officially stepped down. And so I, you know, I'm with you that I think that is going to be a lot of kids and coaches there, you know, even the coaches, they're all planning. Where am I going to be next year? You know what I mean? Even the kids are like, oh, new coach coming in. Where am I transferring? So I think half the program has got their foot out the door and uh, Indiana State should get through that. So the other play-in game, really. So number seven seed Valparaiso versus number 10 seed Evansville. And the winner of that game will face Missouri State. So just quickly on this one. I mean, I like Valpo in this. I mean, Evansville showed me nothing. I mean, I got to show love because my guy Shamar Givens on Evansville from Toronto. So I always show love to the my, my fellow <laughs> yeah. Canadians. But um, I just haven't seen anything out of them. And um, I like Valpo comfortably in that one. You know, I retweet what you just said. Yeah. I like it's just it's Valpo. And I don't think it necessarily needs an explanation. So then we get into Northern Iowa. Number one seed, they're going to face the winner of Illinois State, Indiana. I mean, I, I just can't see this even being you know, any kind of matchup for them. I think they run through it comfortably. I think they do too. You know, there was that close game when Indiana state just had seven players earlier on in the season and you and I had to take them to overtime to beat them. I think that was a situation where, and I think it was Austin Pfeiffer or Noah Carter told me that they just blatantly overlooked them. And, and I don't see you and I doing that. I think you and I is on a mission right now. And I'd be honestly pretty surprised if they don't win by eight or more points. So also in that bracket, the 4-5 matchup, Loyola Chicago, a four seed this year, and then Bradley, the five seed. This isn't, you know, for all you kind of, you know, casual mid-major fans calls about, oh, Loyola Chicago, no problem. Eh, not so fast, right? Bradley has been playing some damn good basketball late. And, I mean, look at the last three years of the NBC tournament where they just show up and blow through it all after an, a pretty much average NBC season. This is probably the most entertaining game that I'm expecting. I, you know, I'm going to go, obviously I'm covering you and I, but I am staying for the whole day because I love the Missouri Valley conference and I love basketball, but this one, Oh, I am so excited. Chris, it's going to be such a good game. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's easy to look at Loyola and say, yeah, they're, they're going to win. But for those of us who know the conference, man, I, I'm curious, what do you think before I answer the question, what do you think uh, of that four or five matchup? Well, you know, I, I think Bradley's certainly capable. Um, I love the way they're playing. The last month of the season, it's, you know, that's one of those teams that was like, uh, Bradley, whatever. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, I think they beat Loyola Chicago earlier this year, you know, and I think they got Drake as well. And so this is, I mean, 
like I said, it's just one of those teams. There's no one or two standout player on their team, whereas Loyola's got, you know, a potential NBA player and Lucas Williamson. And I just think, you know, once I saw Cameron Krutwig not want to come back and decide to go pro, I was like, that's it. That's because mm. he was the bailout for Loyola Chicago when they weren't hitting threes. And they are one of the better shooting teams in the country. When they weren't hitting threes, it's like, okay, we've got the seven foot ox down the middle. Um, also just, I mean, he's such an outstanding passer, underrated him getting the ball around. And so once Krutwig was gone and now they're kind of left without it, I, I just haven't believed in them all year. Now, obviously they did creep into the top 25. They were looking really good. I mean, you could say four or five weeks ago, look, you could have penciled in, not even, I'm sure you could have penned in, never mind penciled in Loyola Chicago, even as an at large, large, not necessarily the case right now. Yeah. There, there are two things that, that I'm taking away from this matchup is I think Bradley has that in their back pocket of those experiences the last two years where they got the automatic or last two of the last three years where they got the automatic qualifier and Brian Wardle just knows how to prepare his team for for this and I think they see themselves as underdogs even though it's just four or five and rink mast has been freaking awesome Terry Roberts has been freaking awesome and they have just a bunch of guys that fit around them obviously you're missing Jay Sean Henry which sucks but um, another Canadian Right. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned Lucas Williamson. He made some shots in that game against you and I, and so did Braden Norris. So I really could see this going the either way. I wouldn't be shocked if, if either of them won. I love what Drew Valentine has done in his first year. I, I think he's really cultivated buy-in with his guys. I'm going to have to go with Loyola here just because of, of the track record that they have and, and, and some of the guys that are on this roster that can just get a bucket when you need them to. Yeah. I've, I mean, I, I think it's a three point game, but I'll give it to Loyola uh, slightly, even though, to be honest, I'll be rooting for Bradley. I'd, I'd like to see them get. Through. Oh, me too. So the other seed, so we got number two seed Missouri state and they'll face the winner of Valpo Evansville. I mean, Missouri, Missouri state, Isaiah Mosley. I mean, you have an argument. He could have been the best player in the conference this year. Um, I mean, can Valpo, can Valpo give them a shot? You know, they have all those those Big Ten transfers and Ben Cricky, who's who's a guy that, you know, you, you look up and Ben Cricky has 15 points and, and seven boards, you know. But and of course, they've got Kobe King, too, who's I think he was on the all newcomer team. Very deservedly. So saw him at, at Wisconsin and, and he was great. But I mean, Missouri State's just too talented. Right. And especially if Donovan Clay is able to make it back. I don't remember. I think Dana said that. If he's able to go, he'll go, even though he's been out for quite a while. Gage Prim, Isaiah Mosley, I mean, they, they, I think it's just going to be going to come down to talent. Um, obviously, anything can happen in Arch Madness, but I think this is a pretty easy choice. Also, my guy Darius Diavero, who I did play-by-play -play for his high school up here in Canada. I know Darius well. Um, so he's out. I think he's got a broken thumb. And mm -hmm. I saw a tweet that he will be out for the rest of the season. So Valpo down some depth at guard as well. So... This is a big one. I mean, Drake, the number three seed versus Southern Illinois, the sixth seed, not quite. Now, to be honest, I thought Southern Illinois was a much better team last year than they, what they were this year. Even my guy, Kyler Filowich, that's the kid that I did play by play for him at Orangeville Prep. No Kyler well, no his parents. And I just thought he fell off this year compared to where he was last year. And that's a guy that was giving them depth, uh, you know, off the bench and was key. And so I like Drake comfortably in this one to run over Southern Illinois. Even after that two point, just two-point victory, uh, I think it was uh, last Saturday. So here's my thinking. I, I like Drake to win the whole MVC. 
Um, I think, you know, they've dealt with injuries, but I believe this team is built for right now. You know, even throughout the season, you know, there, there was points of it. This is why I asked Darren DeVries about, you know, the balance. So for those unfamiliar, his son Tucker was the MVC freshman of the year. Um, this kid was a four-star recruit, could have went to any number of high majors, decided to play for his dad. And I just thought early in the season, there was moments in the game when Tucker shouldn't have been out there, and he was. And that has helped them now. Now, at that time, I don't think it was the right move, but it's the right move for now because now you have this kid who's a true freshman who's at this point of the year is not necessarily a freshman anymore. And so I just think, you know, he's led the team in scoring. Him with, you know, Hemp Hill, Roman Pan, Wilkins, all these guys, I just think the men on that team are built for now, and that's why I really like Drake. Because you cover so many teams, I don't blame you for missing this. DJ Wilkins tore his ACL. He's out. Oh, for he the did? He's gone? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they, they it's just another injury that, yeah. that happens for them in, in the tournament. Um, and I think I think that's going to be deflating for them. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a UNI guy. If UNI gets booted, I'll probably root for Drake because it's Iowa. Um, Tucker DeVries, man, that if he's around for four years, whew, he's going to be nasty in this league. And, and I, you know, Roman Penn, for as much <laughs> as much as a lot of uh, fans dislike Roman Penn, I mean he's he's a guy that's important for them, and and you know I think I think uh, Brody is is probably one of the more underrated guys in the league as well. Darnell Brody, they're big man, and I'm taking them in, in this one as well. I think it'll be close uh, just because of that last game. And Southern Illinois has been on a tear recently. Uh, Damask is is one of the better players in the league. And like I said, yeah, it'll be close, but it's going to be those two, three teams in, in the semis. So then basically the winner of Drake Southern Illinois will face the winner of Missouri state. And then the winner of Northern Iowa um, and then whoever, you know, they run over will face the winner of Loyola Bradley. So, I mean, without getting into semi semifinal matchups and that, I mean, who's your winner is, I mean, do you believe Northern Iowa has enough to get through? Yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm going to be biased here. I, I think that has to be factored in, but, I do think that that UNI has it. And like I mentioned, they could make a run in the tournament. And, and so could basically all four of these teams, I think. I mean, I, I don't know that I would factor Drake in there uh, to be able to make a run. But Missouri State with with Gage Prim and, and their ability to score the basketball, I think that that they have an opportunity to to do that as well. But I do think it's going to be UNI and Missouri State in the final. And then UNI, UNI beat some th uh, three times uh, this season. I think it comes down to one being able to get a bucket when the offense stalls, and that's going to come on uh, fall on the the shoulders of AJ Green because he just has a way of drawing fouls too. I mean, he made 48 free throws in a row this year, um, and I think he is the all-time leader in percentage for UNI. He shot 94% from the field or from the free throw line um, during conference play this year, so that's going to be a factor. Austin Fife is another guy that can get a bucket. And again, Bowen Bourne is, is just on another level. Noah Carter, I, I just don't see any team besides Loyola possibly keeping up with them in terms of what they're capable of doing offensively and then also defensively because I don't think Missouri State is there defensively the same way UNI is. So for those that don't know, the MVC tournament will tip off Thursday with the final on Sunday, usually on CBS, the main game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's the case this year. I, I'd have to look it up No, it has for the past decade. Cause I, I just I know. remember being in different sports bars and sitting watching that 
that game on an afternoon and it's always it's always a burner I always love it you know right 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 I think I saw it was like CBS sports as opposed to just being on CBS oh, but main. but but that might it's I would assume it's still be on CBS I know it's usually there too yeah so either way I mean this is it is going to be tightly contested there is this is no you know no toss-up I mean there is there's certainly four or five teams that can win the NBC and don't uh, be surprised if if any of our picks are wrong (laughs) (laughs) so I wanted to jump into some of the other conferences and we'll start with the Ohio Valley Conference because two of their best teams are coming to the MVC next year both Belmont and Murray State for those unfamiliar are leaving the Ohio Valley Conference and coming to the MVC now you know, as Elliot mentioned earlier, Loyola Chicago leaving and they'll be going to the A-10. So a lot of shuffling around, but, you know, for NBC fans, whatever, even for OBC fans, this is, you know, the end of an era, really. But Murray State, I don't know how much you've seen them this year. I've got on this bandwagon really early. I truly believe, not mid-majors, I truly believe they're one of the 15 best teams in college basketball. Um, wow. They're just they're just so deep. And men, you know what I mean? It's not kids. Right. I mean, Tevin Brown, I'm obsessed with him. This guy can play. You know, it's just I love the job Matt McMahon's done. So um, just kind of generally going through the o- Ohio Valley Conference. How do you see uh, it shaping up? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be Murray State out of there for me. That's for sure. And, you know, you talked about the possibility of, of two bid small conference teams. And I, I think this is this is one of them that could happen. I don't know that it will happen. But Belmont is a damn good basketball team, too. Murray State made them look like they're not, but Belmont is, is a very good basketball team. They beat Drake earlier this year. I know Darren DeVries had all the praise in the world for that basketball team. But I, I think Murray State is going to roll through the tournament. And then, well, well, we'll see what happens with Belmont. But, I mean, Murray State went 18-0 and in the OVC for a reason, right? 28-2 overall. I could definitely see them making, making a run in, in the tournament as well. So I interviewed Casey Alexander, the Belmont head coach, two weeks ago here on the UndraftedFreeAsia.com and Major Podcast. <laughs> and uh, then I sat and watched them. Uh, they won the next game after, and then they they played Murray on the Saturday, last Saturday, and it was like a 40-point blow. More, Murray just ran over them. I was shocked. And so I do believe Moorhead State, I mean, this is a team that won it last year. They still have their key guys. I love Janai Broom. Now a sophomore center, um, they have the dudes to can hang on any given night. But um, yeah, and, and this is one of those. So if Moorhead or Belmont can manage to beat Murray, I mean, the OVC will be a two-bit league. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, you know, the, there's always the possibility of catching somebody on their bad day. You know, somebody, I mean, to be frank, somebody getting COVID, somebody getting some sort of sickness. That's always a possibility. Of course, never nobody wants that to happen. But it's definitely a possibility. And if Belmont's able to get there, Moorhead State's able to get there, Murray State's absolutely, they have every right to, to get a, an at-large bid. So we'll go to the mid-major conference that everyone seems to think is the best, and I don't believe it, the West Coast Conference. I'm Team Mountain West, uh, but we'll start with the, the West Coast Conference. I mean, obviously now this is easily a two-bid league. I mean, th- there's arguments there could be as many as four teams going in. I don't believe in the West Coast Conference, other than Gonzaga, and hey, I mean, they St. Mary's ran over them on the weekend, which was a shocker to me. I watched most of the game. For those that didn't see it, this wasn't like some, oh, uh, you know, the Zags had an off night, which they did. It was no St. Mary's came out 
and just ran over them. It was, uh, you know, there was points, it was 15 point leads. It was like Gonzaga the whole game trying to, to dig their way back in, which they managed to, but um, shocker. I mean, have you seen any of St. Mary's this year? Your thoughts on them? Uh, I saw a little bit of the game, of course, Gonzaga being one of the top six teams to, to go down, which I don't think that's ever happened in college basketball. And I mean, Gonzaga's a damn good basketball team. Of course, when you got a top a consensus, like top five pick in Chet Holmgren and some of those guys coming back from that championship run last year, Gonzaga's good. And and St. Mary's is is legit too. I'm looking at their record, 12 and three, 24 and six overall. I, I think, I mean, if, if they can do it once, you suppose they can do it again in the tournament if they face uh, Gonzaga in the WCC tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way they, they now they're in Gonzaga's head, right? Yeah. Because they, you know, they're playing with house money in a way. But um, another team that I liked all year was Santa Clara. I watched them. I mean, I've interviewed Herb Sendek, their coach, but Santa Clara's got like four or five Canadians. Um, and I know, <laughs> I know two of the kids from doing their high school. Uh, Jaden Bediaco is a kid out of Ridley College down in the St. Catharines area, which is just east of Toronto. His brother, um, what who is it? Uh, Charles, um, that's at Alabama. Um, he's one of the, he was like a five-star recruit and he's over there. And then Miguel Tomley, another kid that played for Orangeville Prep called his game. So uh, Yasif Rancic, another Canadian out there. So I'm always kind of secretly rooting for Santa Clara, but um, they gave the Zags about two thirds of a game a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then, you know, late kind of the last six, seven minutes, Gonzaga went next gear and uh, was pretty comfortable. I'm one of these guys, I can't stand B BYU. It's one of the scenes that for the past, oh, BYU, and you watch them, and sure, BYU can run over Pepperdine and Pacific and Portland, all the Ps, but when they play against St. Mary's <laughs> and Gonzaga, they, it's just never even a game. It's just a different class. I don't know how much you've seen of BYU this year. You know, I I, I haven't seen much of them, but uh, it's, it's never... <laughs> dang mormons it's not it's, it's it's easy to root against them i don't know yeah. you know and and they've had they've had some some big names go through there i think it was oh i can't remember but i i if i remember right they had was it matt harms that transferred from from purdue and went yeah, to byu right. yeah, yeah. yeah that's another reason for me not to like byu <laughs> so you know and they've they've been a team that's that's been up towards that top 25 in the last like five-ish years and to, to see him fall down a bit certainly certainly does not put a, uh, a frown on my face. I'll say that. Um, but Saint, again, St. Mary's is a team that I think could really shock people like they, like they already did uh, against Gonzaga. Do you see Mark Few and finally getting in Gonzaga, finally getting the title this year? Yes, that they've been yeah. my pick. I mean, it, it, it did put a little wrench in my thinking, um, you know, I, I thought th this is the year. This is the year Gonzaga are the national champs. Uh, I just love their depth. I think they're even deeper than they were last year. Um, now, their starting five last year was better, but I just think the depth of the team this year, there's so many guys, you know, Julian Strother, uh, who's the kid Bolton they got from Iowa State, um, just Andrew Nemhart, good Canadian boy, playing on a whole other level. Uh, Drew Timmy, and you mentioned Chet Holmgren, and again, the same way we talked about Tucker DeVries being a freshman at the start of the season. So was Chet. You know, I watched a couple of games earlier and he, he was, oh, yeah, he looks a little rough around the edges. And you see him now. I mean, you can make an argument. He's the best player in college basketball right now. I'm not saying he is, but you could certainly make that argument the way he's playing over the past two months. And so, yeah, yes. we, 
we saw that that lack of depth rear its ugly head against Baylor in, in the tournament last year as they just didn't have it. They, I think their legs were shot um, and, and Baylor just ran over them in the in the, in the final. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you make a make a solid case for, for them to be title contenders. So this is the conference that I believe is the best mid-major conference college basketball, the Mountain West. So, Elliot, I'm team late night. I'm one of those guys that's always up late. So I'm always watching my Mountain West games. You know, that, that's what drives me nuts about a lot of the, you know, the the known college basketball analysts and stuff. I Trust me, when, when I'm up at 1 o'clock in the morning sitting watching my UNLV and Nevada games and stuff like that, they're, they're not tweeting. They're all in bed. So I know they're not watching. And so that's what kind of frustrates me. It's like, hey, man, if you're going to do this, make sure you watch all the teams as well. I watch a ton of Big West as well because when I'm hanging out in my garage having a beer at midnight, that's what's on. And so Mountain West, I mean, right now, I believe there's guaranteed three are getting into March Madness, maybe four. So you got Boise State, who was the regular season Mountain West champs at 24 and 6. I think they're, you know, what regardless of how they perform in the Mountain West tournament, I think they're in. Colorado State, 23 and 4. I thought last year they were robbed getting in. They should have been in, ended up going to the NIT, but I think they're a lock this year. Wyoming, who is one of the sneakiest best teams in college basketball, 23 and 6. I got on the Wyoming bandwagon really early uh this year and then San Diego State, 19 and 7. Now it's weird when you watch San Diego State when they're on, you're like, this is a top 10 team in college basketball. And then sometimes you're not watching, you read the box scores and you're like, they lost to who? And so I just think really inconsistent. So San Diego State, 19 and seven, that's a team I believe that's on the bubble that could certainly, I don't know if they have to win the Mountain West, but they got to make a run. But, um, you know, uh, Boise, Colorado State, Wyoming, your thoughts on any of these teams? And I think any of these teams could win the tournament. I, obviously, Boise State, they're, they've won five in a row now, and, and they're they're sitting atop there. But Wyoming played UNI in Hawaii. I don't know if, if you were able to catch that game early on in the season. Yep. Um, but Wyoming's a good basketball team. And I, believe it or not, I, I, I have a friend whose mom went to the University of Wyoming, or Wyoming University, whatever it is, um, and he's a diehard fan of, of, of Wyoming. And I've seen a little bit of their games because of that. I mean, you look at the overall record, 24 and six, 23 and four, 23 and six. These, I mean, and, and this team is loaded, or excuse me, this conference is loaded with teams that historically have been competitive in a bunch of games across the country and in the tournament. I mean, you didn't even mention UNLV and Fresno State. Those are historically two good basketball programs. San Diego State and Wyoming, Colorado State, Boise State. I see those first three getting in for sure. Um, when it comes down to San Diego State, I think it's, and I don't know how much the 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 board or, or the people that that pick who's going to the tournament um, factor in, you know, the history of the program. But San Diego State's been good for a long time too. Um, and, and like you mentioned, they just you know, who'd they lose to? But it's college basketball too, right? You got to you got to factor that in, and and anything can happen on any given night. You know, it would it wouldn't shock me if it went either way. But I think any four of those teams can have the potential to, to, to do some damage in, in the tournament too. Yeah. Like I said, I, I like th three of them a lock. I don't care how they perform, you know, Boise, Colorado state, Wyoming, they're in right now, you know, even if they go and it's San Diego state that I think has to have a good performance. But if you just watch them, th there's no doubt in my mind, they're one of the, the top 40 teams in the country. So should be in comfortably. Um, well, quickly on some of the last two teams here. So two bid leagues, you know, we're talking. So Iona out of the Metro Atlantic, Rick Patino, 24 and five, you know, 24 year old guard. They got men on that team. 
uh, and then the kid, the sophomore, Nelly Joseph Jr., um, a couple really nice players. They've just been dominant in the MAAC if they stumble. Uh, St. Peter's, I know, got them earlier this year. Uh, do you see Iona getting an at-large? Uh, I mean, is it possible? Cause the, the name Rick Pitino holds some weight somewhere out there in college basketball land. It does. It makes it also very easy to root against Iona, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm not a Rick Pitino guy, but I think I think his name definitely holds weight with with people who the, the selection committee and i think the 16 and 2 24 and 5 record i i think they deserve a spot um you know should saint peter's get them or or another team in there sienna whatever i think it, it brings up the topic of conversation but ultimately i think when you look at a name like rick patino who's done so much in college basketball and like you mentioned these grown men who are on the roster iona has the talent and i think they deserve a spot yeah, I'd love to see them get in. And now I am a Rick Pitino guy. I'll tell you the story quickly. So I'm 12 years old and I've played hockey in the best minor hockey league in the world, basically here in Toronto. There's a thousand guys in the NHL from the league I grew up playing in. So we go down to Providence, Rhode Island for a tournament. And uh, we used to, we didn't stay in hotels. Our family did, but they built, they sent us with, with family. So we got billeted, which they don't do much of that anymore because the world's changed, but we stayed <laughs> with a strange family. And uh, they took me to go watch Providence College play hockey. And they had a really good program at the time and played against Wisconsin and sold out arena. And I'm 12 years old. I didn't really know much about college stuff I mean, in Canada, right? So I was just, I just fell in love with Providence College. It was unbelievable. So I come home a couple weeks later, turn on the TV, and March Madness is starting. This is 1987, Elliot. And uh, Rick Pitino is the young head coach taking Providence on this magical run with a point guard named Billy Donovan. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I played for my, I was a little white guy on my school basketball team <laughs> of guard, and Billy Donovan was this little white guy. I kind of saw, you know, myself in him. And so I fell in love with this team, and they had a Final Four run. And that's what got me hooked on college basketball as a young kid. And it was Rick Patino. So Rick kind of, you know, for whatever he's done in my mind, because he holds a different place, you know, me following him. And he's kind of the reason why I'm into college basketball. So I've got a bit of a different view on Rick Patino. Fair enough. You know, I, I just, when he talks, I just feel like he's shady and, and all the stuff that has happened. Yeah. I just, not my favorite guy. And, you know, with, with that being said, I'm sure, should the tables be flipped and something happens with John Calipari down the road. That's a guy that I look at as uh, coinciding with, with my love of, of college basketball. I mean, when the, he led that Derrick Rose Memphis team and, and now uh, all he's done for Kentucky, you know, Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, John Wall, list goes on DeMarcus cousins. Um, so I, I, I hear what you're saying. I disagree when it comes to Rick Pitino, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> the year is 2032 and John Calipari's finally been banned from, you know, they finally right. caught him paying someone. And now yeah. I can see it. it's a 91 year old Rick Pitino still coaching that Iona versus John Calipari and the Siena Saints, uh, you know, yeah, that's John Calipari's John Calipari's at UNI at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my crystal ball right there. Right. You know. But so, so last, we only got about two minutes here. One more two-bid uh, potential here, the A-10. So Davidson, 24-4. and four, They've been ranked in and out of the AP Top 25. I think right now, I don't like them, but I think they're a lock to be in. So if we could see VCU, 21-7, and seven, Dayton, 20, the, the Bonnies, 19-8, a team that I love, St. Louis. I really like St. Louis. You know, 19-10, there's been times where I thought, well, why aren't they better? But I think that's a team certainly capable. So, um, yeah, the A-10, another two-bid possibility. Any, anyone in there pique your interest in the A-10? 
I mean, again, this is another mid-major that's loaded, mid-major conference that's loaded. You mentioned Davidson, VCU, and then there's there's Dayton, St. Bonaventure, St. Louis, and Richmond. And you and I played Richmond and St. Bonaventure this year. Of course, St. Bonaventure was number 16, and you and I went to their place and beat them. I really feel like those, those three teams, uh, Bonaventure, St. Louis, and Richmond, can they're, they're going to be the determining factor as to how well Dayton VCU and Davidson do in the tournament, because those three teams are going to be really good or they're going to get blown out as, as far as I can tell St. Bonaventure, they've got so much length. They've got so much experience guys coming back from last year's team that they could go out and, and beat a team like a VCU, like a Davidson. Um, but I, yeah, I think ultimately it, it's, it's too bid at most. I don't see any more of those guys getting in. But Davidson and, and VCU are, are, are atop the, the league for me. Of course, Dayton's right there, but, but it's Davidson and VCU for me. Awesome. So, Elliot Clough, awesome appearance. Elliot, where can they find you on social media? So, if you just search at Elliot Clough on, on Twitter, it's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. You'll get all my content there. My feed is absolutely filled with UNI content. So, if you're a fan of the MVC or – or of Northern Iowa, you can you can check it out there. Corn Stocks and Sports Talk every every Saturday morning on the KOEL app and coming as a podcast here soon enough as well. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, I really appreciate it. Home run, hit it out the park today. <laughs> and uh, I'll have this. It's a Wednesday for those unfamiliar. I'll have this posted tonight and the MVC tournament tips off tomorrow. So, Elliot, hey, enjoy the hoops over the next couple of days. And uh, hopefully I'll bump into you on one of these MVC postgame calls over the next couple of days. Hey, you know I'm going to have a blast, Chris, and, and, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. The UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis, he's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three, and there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew, you don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich, they can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!